This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. How many times I got to say it? The caps are all cap. But today was the NHL draft. And in the first round, they drafted some guy I never heard of. I've never heard of any of these kids in the NHL draft. But the Caps drafted Ivan Miroshenko. I'm probably saying it wrong. He's from Russia. He's 6'1", 185. He's about 18 years old. He's 18 years old. Um, Yeah. He would have been a top 10 pick. But here's the problem. He was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma earlier this year and had to end his season prematurely. Now, that is a major red flag. And that could cause him to not really be on the ice. But man, this just made me love this kid because he is a fighter. You know, he's fighting through this. And um, from what I read, people who get non-Hoskins lymphoma at his age, at 17, 18 years old, have an 80 to 85 percent chance of survival and, you know, passing it by or whatever, whatever I just read. But no, no, no. It, it looks good for him. The prognosis look good for him. Things are looking up for him. It, it's sad that, you know, he had to go through that. And hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm praying for him. I'm really praying for him that he can get over this non-Hopkins lymphoma and that he is able to have not only a great hockey career, but a normal life. That the cancer does not hinder him and prevent him from living out his dreams. That is my prayer right now. Um, that I know God's listening, so I'm just going to just put that out in the universe that he has a successful life and gets to realize all his dreams. Uh, so what I saw in the scouting report is he's very physical, can get past defenders, and he can really, you know, set set his teammates up with great passes especially on the breakaway. Okay, he's a pretty solid player. Uh, On defense, I read on defense that, you know, he's inconsistent and he puck watches sometimes. That can, you know, we can work on that. We can work on that. But he's a left winger from Russia. So, hey, uh, hopefully Alex Ovechkin takes him under his wing and we can do something. Maybe he's the future or maybe not. We'll see. I'm really rooting for this kid. You know, I really hope that the cancer doesn't hold him back. Because, man, that's sad, man. But, you know, I mean, I think things happened the way it did for him to fall to the capital. So, hopefully, we take advantage of that. And just, you know what I'm saying, hopefully we take advantage of that for his sake and for our sake. You know, we'll we'll see. Um, but man, uh, very I'm very intrigued with this pick. Yeah, you know, I'm rooting for this kid no matter what. Now Baker. Now on to some other news. Baker, 
Shaken Bake. Baker finally left the Browns. The Panthers and the Browns finally agreed on a trade. That means that the Browns finally decided on the right amount of money that they will pay of Baker Mayfield's contract. It looks like the Browns will pay like maybe nine or ten million of Baker's salary, and the Panthers will pay four million, and then Baker will have a chance to make the rest up in incentives. I heard it was just like Odell Beckham with the Browns, or no, with the Rams. Okay, now we're going somewhere. Baker is on my dad's favorite team, the Panthers. I've never liked the Panthers more than I do right now. You are about to see what Baker Mayfield is all about. This is what he does. I mean, come on. He wasn't getting the offers he was looking for, so he walked on Texas Tech. Got that starting spot. It's sure he lost it, but that was because of injury. So, cool, he leaves there. He comes to OU. I thought he was crazy. Trevor Knight just, you know, beat Alabama. I thought surely Baker Mayfield isn't going to play. And we had these these high-profile recruits behind Trevor Knight. Yeah, surely he wasn't going to play. Not only did he take Trevor Knight's spot, he won the Heisman. Bro. He was a finalist for the Heisman, then he won the Heisman. Then he was a number one pick. From two-time walk-on to Heisman to number one pick to taking the Browns to the playoffs for the first time in years and getting to the second round. Stop playing with this man. Sure, he's, he's had a roller coaster NFL season, NFL career. He's had a roller coaster NFL career. First year was good. Second year was bad. Through like 20-some interceptions. Third year was pretty good. Fourth year was awful. Should have stopped playing in like November. So, that's okay. He does this. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. He feeds off it and he gets better. Dog, this has got to be the most, you know, criticism and scrutiny He's ever received in his life. And I really believe that he's going to respond with Carolina. And it's going to start with this QB competition with Sam Darnold. Everyone's saying Baker Mayfield's probably not going to win the job because he don't know the playbook like Sam Darnold does. Man, this is nothing. Just watch. Just, just, just watch. You're going to see what Baker can do. You're going to see why he has the statue. This is just going to be another story in the legend of Baker Mayfield. You're going to see. You're all going to see. Keep hating. Keep doubting. I'm telling you. Now, I'm not going to go as far as to say they're going to the Super Bowl, but they're definitely going to the playoffs. Watch. I mean, they might have to fight it out with my birds, but... These guys with Baker Mayfield, a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. You in trouble. Now, worst case scenario for Baker is he doesn't start 
or he starts and sucks, gets benched, and he's a lame duck quarterback come the offseason because he has an inspiring contract. This is a contract year. Everyone has tarnished your name. You got traded. The Browns disrespected you. Come on, man. You can't get any more motivation than this. You can't. Family's counting on you. Sooner Nation counting on you. Your statue is counting on you. Your statue of Norman is counting on you. It's time. It's time to show them that you are the realist. I'm telling you, man. Y'all going to quit sleep. Y'all going to quit sleep. He going to beat Sam Darnold. He, he is. Best of luck. May the best man win. This is going to be interesting. It makes me want to see a Carolina playoff, playoff preseason game. I think their first preseason game is against the Commanders. I hope it's at FedEx Field. Matter of fact, let's check that right now, live, while I'm recording this podcast. Uh, let's see. Washington Commodores. <laughs> Not the Commanders. The Commodores. You already know why. All right. Yep. Is that FedEx? August 13th. Very interested. Is that is that 1 o'clock? Ain't no way this game is at 1 o'clock. It don't matter, man. I'm going to be, I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to be up in there. It sounds good now, but we'll see. I'm very interested in this game. I have to see Baker versus the Commanders. I have to see round one of this QB competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Boy, if we could have did this before the draft or right after the draft, this would have been great. Because, you know, these two, you know, were in the same draft class and everyone had Darnold ahead of Baker Mayfield, except the Browns. They 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 knew what they were doing. They picked Baker. They picked correctly. But it just didn't work out. This okay. It is okay. It's shake and bake time in Charlotte. So you better get ready. Get ready for the show, baby. Get ready for the show. <laughs> While we keep this show on the road. Now the USFL finally concluded this season. So Philly upset New Jersey. I was completely wrong. New Jersey, from the little bit I saw, were just physically beaten up up front um, in the first half. It just felt like Philly, they were aggressive. They were aggressive defensively. Offensively, they took time off the clock. And it's just they were right there neck and neck with New Jersey. New Jersey just couldn't do what they normally do. And then the backbreaker, when New Jersey finally looked like they were going to take the game, the first team all-USFL punt returner from Philly, number 13, uh, his name escapes me, he took it back, and it was the back-breaking, game-clinching touchdown. And New Jersey lost. I was not expecting that. Then, Birmingham and New Orleans what happened to New Jersey is what I expected to happen to Birmingham versus New Orleans. But you know what's funny about this Birmingham-New Orleans game? It was like 24-17 at halftime. 
the final score was like 31-17 or something like that. I think it was like 24-14. It, it was something like that. Wasn't much scoring in the second half. But Birmingham basically gave them a knockout blow going up 14 with 45 seconds to go with a QB sneak. So all the things I thought Birmingham wasn't going to do, they did. And New Orleans just had just some costly turnovers. They couldn't keep Birmingham off of their quarterback. Their quarterback gets hit, throws interception, throws interception. It it was huge. One of them got taken back for a score. Birmingham was simply the better team. Like, whatever, you know, demons they had to exercise, they exercised it that game. And they moved on to the championship now. I made a point to sit there and watch this championship, even if my friend didn't want to, even though my friend Zach didn't want to. I still I still made a point to watch it. I had to. And it ended up being a really good game. Both quarterbacks got knocked out. I need to get an update on Cookus, the quarterback from Philly, because he is tough. He kept getting hit, and um, it was one play in the red zone where it looked like nobody was open. He was running around, scrambling, and he found some guy in the end zone, back of the end zone. And it's like, um, Birmingham took the early lead, and Scarborough Scarborough from Alabama, from University of Alabama, he was killing it. He, man, he looked like a modern-day Eric Dickerson for, like, two minutes. He was killing it. I don't know what happened to him in the second half. I didn't really see him in the second half. Nevertheless, um, it looked like Philly was, you know, fighting back. And it looked like they finally was going to take control of the game. Then just like Alabama, I mean, just like Birmingham, their quarterback gets hurt. And their quarterback has been keeping them in the game. And... Then comes in K.J. Costello. Do you remember him from Stanford and Mississippi State? The last time he was nice like that was when he put up, oh, my God. He put up a ridiculous amount of numbers. It was video game numbers against LSU. It was right after they won the title. K.J. Costello just lit them up. Go look at the stats. I don't care to look at them right now, but it was something ridiculous. Then after that, he just didn't play well, got benched, and then that's the last we heard of him. So he comes back for for Philly. He throws two picks, one of them to Scooby Wright. That's the game. They go up 10. That's pretty much it. Now, props to K.J. Costello. He came back and threw a touchdown. But at the end of the day, it just didn't matter. He had a chance to win down three. But it's just it was just too little too late. Philly really fought. I give them props for trying. It's just, it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough at the end of the day. But this is a good thing for the USFL. They had a great championship. They had a pretty good season. Um, XFL, it looks like XFL is going to start in February. And they got eight teams. And D.C. is rumored to be one of them. And they're going to play at Artie Field. So you know I'm with that. I might buy my season tickets. 
you know I bought tickets to five out of the six home games, even though like maybe three or four of them happened. I, I was down. So their season's gonna be from February to April, and let's just assume that USFL is gonna keep the same timeline and gonna start pretty much right after XFL and go till July fourth weekend. And hopefully and hopefully it's the championship or playoffs is gonna be in Canton once again. I would love that because I would be there. I have to see it. Great first season for them. Hopefully it's a good second season. Their little, um, basically their version of Hard Knocks is very good. It is very good. You know, they show it on repeat all the time, especially before the games. Yeah, we need more of that. Need more of that. That's a good idea. So, yeah, uh, congrats to the Birmingham Stallions. Stallions. I slightly edged them even though I doubted them because they weren't playing well in the second half of the season. I still slightly edged them to win it all. It just seemed like destiny, like they were the last undefeated team. Most of the season was played on their home field. I just felt like they were the team to beat. And they were, you know. They they escaped. They escaped. But at the end of the day, they were the best team in the league. And we'll see what happens next year. But uh, huh, moving on, let's get to the Golden L standings. Now, the Golden L, quick reminder, Golden L is the made-up trophy of the GOAT Level podcast. It, it awards the worst professional team in the DMV during the spring season. The fall of the, the, the spring edition of this trophy is its contestants is DC United. That's our, you know, men's soccer team. We Washington Spirit, that's our women's soccer team. Washington Nationals, that's baseball. Washington Mystics, that's women's basketball. So let me start with coming in last place. Coming in last place is the Washington Mystics. The only team on this list with a winning record. 14 and 10. That's a that's a 58% winning percentage. Yeah. They're doing they're doing pretty good. They fell back. They fell back a little bit. Um they lost to Okay, I told you they lost to the Sparks. I told you they beat the Aces. They lost to Seattle with Deladon. I think I mentioned that. That there's no shame in that. Honestly, it just isn't. Let's see. Uh oh yeah. During the weekend. During last weekend, I watched them versus Connecticut. They had a 17 point lead. I was like, oh, this is a breeze. We got this. Oh, we playing really well. And we don't have Deladon. Oh boy, the league is in trouble. Then, the wall. I swear to God, the fourth quarter was some of the worst offensive basketball I've ever seen. Ever. From both teams. It wasn't even good defense. It was just bad offense. Oh, okay, okay. Connecticut did play better defense. I think it's Brianna Jones, number 42. She's an all-star. 
and John Quell Jones, like, man, they were sending stuff at the rim. They were making it hard for the Mystics to score in the paint. But I just look at the Mystics' offense, just no moving the ball, a lot of forced layups, a lot of forced jump shots. It's like Maisha Hines Allen, Natasha Cloud, Ariel Atkins just take turns taking horrible shots. That was pretty much the second half. Yet still, still somehow, still somehow, they got this game to overtime. Still. Even though they didn't play well the entire fourth quarter, somehow this is this game going to overtime. It, it shouldn't have because we were up 17. And then in overtime, Connecticut takes the lead. But we st- still come back. And even then, they blocked the shot with one second to go. Still got the ball with a chance to win. I don't know what play they calling. I don't know what what they were thinking. But Maisha Hines Allen from 30-something feet, air ball. Why? Why? What was that the best we could do there? Was that the best you guys could do there? No wonder we lost. No wonder they lost that game. We have they have Deladon. They for sure win that game. I'm serious. Listen, we had them. The grit and grind through all the nonsense basketball they was playing. It was frustrating, but it was admirable too. Like, they could not play well and still compete with one of the best teams in the league without their best player. That Part of that is admirable, but part of that is like, dang, man, y'all going to have to figure this out. Because y'all keep playing like this, your first round exit. Because you are going to be number five seed, and you're going to play against... You're going to play against Las Vegas, maybe Seattle, maybe even Connecticut. It's going to be a tough go. But, you know what I'm saying? It's the middle of the season. They're going to get it together. And at the end of the season, I'm telling you, when the load managing of Deladon is over, y'all in trouble. You know what? I know my faith in this team has been waning. But I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you, they're going to figure it out, and they're going to be there at the end. I'm telling you, watch. I can't keep doubting them too much longer. Right. So they're in last place in the Golden L standings. And then, okay, coming in third right now is D.C. United. They were in the lead of the Golden L standings, but they picked up a big win versus Orlando because of taxi. See, my new saying is this. When you get put on a taxi, you're taking a ride straight to an L. Game over. Well, come on now. I'm talking to him right now. I really am. Taxi fountains. Two goals. Almost three. And yet, somehow, these guys almost blew this lead. It was a one-point game. They had a 3 nothing lead. But somehow, you know, they they have it cut to 3-2. 
and then um ended up winning five three, and that was a big win because I really doubted that they were going to win that game. Fourth of July in Orlando, I thought surely they were going to lose this game because I mean we just lost to Nashville at home. We are in last place, but they pick up a big win and they come down in the Golden L standings. Now coming in at number two in the Golden L standings is the Washington Spirit, the defending champs. Listen, I need to watch more of these ladies. I don't know what's going on, but for some reason, they are one, six, and four. How do you draw six times? I don't know what's going on. Hopefully, um, how do they only have one win? That's the real head scratcher. Anyway, listen. I, w- I need to watch more of this team, and I need to really analyze what's going on because they trash, at least so far. You're the defending champs, and you're trash right now. But, hey, there's time. There's time. They didn't make the championship on accident. So maybe, you know, that will give them time to get back together, to get it back together. Now. Your leaders of the Golden L standing so far are the Washington National. Trash. And you know that. And yet, my dumb self is going to keep going to the games. I can't resist. Man, I bought another ticket during the dang 4th of July game. I bought another ticket. What am I doing? This team isn't good. And Juan Soto got hurt. Somehow he was able to tough it out and DH and against the Marlins and then against the Phillies the next day. However, they they are leading the Golden L standings because they got swept by the Miami Marlins. I am sad because it was one thing that I could count on this last like 10 years was beating the Marlins. But somehow... We can't beat the Marlins anymore. I don't even know what is life right now. We have lost 12 of 13 to the Miami Marlins. We've had trouble with them ever since 2020. But this is the peak of the mountain. We cannot beat this team. We got six games left against them. What I'm hoping is we win all six to make up for losing 12 of the first 13 because that is just ridiculous. You, I don't even know what to say right now. This is the worst team in the MLB. And, of course, your Golden L standing leaders because they trash. Can't pitch. Can't hit. Definitely can't field. They show flashes sometimes, but at the end of the day, trash. That's all they on. I don't even know what to do, man. Josh Bell cannot carry this team forever. Strasburg hurt. Fetty, inconsistent. Josiah Gray, great game. Great game uh, to give us that win against the Phillies. 12 strikeouts? See, he the future. Him and Kbert Ruiz is the future. I There's a reason why I keep hyping him up. There's a reason why I keep hyping up Josiah Gray, who is part of the JoJo gang. That's him, my little cousin, and Joel Embiid. But 
there's a reason why I keep hyping him up. Because he nice. And he is the future. But for now, we trash. As a collective. Patrick Corbin is getting better. He played well against the Marlins. I mean, it was a 1-1 game. Until, you know, we put in our bullpen and we just give up a home run in extra innings. That You know what's really frustrating about those Marlins losses? Two of them losses were in extra innings. What? Are you serious, bro? Are you serious? Unbelievable. But I just keep buying tickets. At this at this rate, man, I, I'm only going to games for promotions and road trips. Because this team, it's just, I, the product just isn't good. So they are taking this L so far. And they are the leaders in the clubhouse for the Golden L. It, at some point, the Mystics are going to clinch last place and not even be close to the Golden L. They're the only team on this list that got a legit chance of winning the championship. And I hope they do. So they get a Golden W in the form of a WNBA trophy. I would love to see it once again. Golden L, man. My D.C. team's fronting. Ah, man, oh, man. All right. Uh, Keegan Murray and Chet Holmgren. There's a lot of hype behind them in the summer league. Rightfully so. These guys have been hooping. Facts. Keegan Murray, 24 points in game one and 24 points in game three. I don't know what he did in the second game. But, you know, I was looking at some YouTube clips and, man, when he comes off the screen and gets into his shot, it is something beautiful. It looked like Ray Allen. And he's just really real well balanced. He can take it to the rim. He he can finish strong. I saw a play where he had a post-up turnaround fadeaway. I'm like, this man can do it all. And on defense, he ain't the greatest defender. Like, he's an okay defender, but he has long arms and great makeup speed. So, you know, he he can definitely he definitely is going to do something defensively and with a little bit of work, he can be an all defensive type of player. You know what I'm saying? Them long arms and the and the want to and the tenacity, uh, he can do it. He can do it. It it, it just is going to going to need some work, especially, you know, when he has to guard quicker players. But yeah, man, like I like what I see. I was like, this kid, I can see why this guy scored 26 points a game. He can really do it all. And Chet Holmgren, man, the step back threes, the pull up threes, his jump shot is really nice too. I I, I love his form. And on defense, bruh, he, he going to lead the league and blocking shots, and shot blocking for years. He has the opportunity to lead the league in shot blocking for years. And I wouldn't be that surprised. I saw it in high school. He was sending people shots. And if he didn't, he was affecting the shot. I swear in that high school game, he had like eight blocks. The one I saw versus Imani Bates, he had like eight blocks. He killed it. And he's doing the same thing in summer league. He is just packing people's stuff. Like, 
I was watching him versus uh, Kenny Lofton Jr., who did give him some work. He had a play where the the, the offensive player went into his body, which is your, what you're supposed to do against a shot blocker. He still two-hand blocked it. He still two-hand volleyball smacked it. I'm like, this dude isn't real. All he got to do is just get bigger. If he get bigger, oh, my God. It is a wrap. He can do everything Kevin Durant can do. It's just he needs to do it at a more consistent and higher level. You know what I'm saying? And he got great touch around the rim. This guy, and defensively, he even better defensively. He's a shot blocker. Even more than Kevin Durant. Man, this kid going to be fun to watch. I'm telling you, man, these two going to be all right. Um, Jaden Ivey is on right now with Detroit. Uh, Houston and Orlando was just playing. Uh, I got to see the highlights of that. That was Paolo versus uh, Jabari. And Paolo got the best of that. So I need to see what happened with that. But as far as Chet and Keegan is concerned, their teams are not going to be good. But I like what I see from them already. And, you know... They just need some work. They just need some time. Um, they're young. But from what I've seen so far, they're going to be nice. They're going to be nice, I promise. Okay, now I'm going to introduce something that's very on brand. The GOAT level combo of the episode. Man, I have to find a sound for that. It's coming. I'll figure it out. Don't you worry. Now, if you know the GOAT level principles... You know, it's goal level principles goes like this. It's like tell yourself you're the goal. That's affirmations. Uh, embrace yourself. Challenge yourself. Be the calmest person in the room. Attack fear. And some ones, okay, some ones that I've added was make it look easy. Make others around you better. Only compete with yourself so yeah (laughs) yeah I, i think i've covered them all so listen so my challenge to you the goat level combo for this episode is i challenge you to make it look easy what do me a favor take your challenges and your problems in life Put it in a box and say, easy. Don't think you can make more money this year? Oh, make three times the amount you were planning to make. You don't think you can beat that tough opponent in your league? Not only beat them, but blow them out. Like the Golden State Warriors. They were in... The play-in last year. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. They came back and not only made the playoffs, they won the whole thing, and Steph Curry was on the MVP level. He was just playing with them. He made it look easy. He made it look easy. So anything you struggle with, not only get over the struggle, but just straight up make it your strength. Make your weakness your strength. That's one way to challenge yourself 
to make it look easy. I mean, just keeping it short and sweet. Just keeping it short and sweet there. I'll come up with, uh, I'll combine two of the principles next week. But yeah, challenge yourself to make it look easy. Like me, you know, definitely going through financial troubles right now. Definitely going through back issues right now. A little stuff like that. But I'm going to overcome it with authority. And it's and my bank account is going to reflect that. And my health is going to reflect that. Yep. Just saying. Just saying. But now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. For this hypothetical game of the episode, we got a Superstar KO matchup. Superstar KO flag football. It is a matchup between brands. The up-and-comer, GOAT-level brand versus Amazon. So, this is a hypothetical Superstar KO. On team GOAT-level, got Baker Mayfield at quarterback. LeBron. Michael Jordan. Michael Jackson, reincarnated, Floyd Mayweather, Boosie, and Shelly Ann Frazier Price. On Team Amazon, you got Prime Peyton Manning, Steph Curry, Usain Bolt, Chris Brown, Sidney McLaughlin, you know the hurdles, track girl. Yeah. Aaron Judge, Elon Musk. So, if you don't know about Superstar KO from Madden, Basically, uh, both teams get a possession, start at 25. Uh, the Okay, if the first team scores, you know, you get an extra point. No field goals, no field goals. Uh, let's say they score, the other team has to match it, or the team that first scored wins. If... The score is tied after both teams have a possession. Then we go into sudden death, quote-unquote, tug-of-war. So whoever gets further into, okay, whoever gets into the opponent's territory wins, pretty much. And both teams get three tries to do so. So here we go. So Team Amazon starts off with the ball. So Manning completes a short pass to Steph Curry for six yards. Then he comes back with an 18-yard pass to Sidney McLaughlin. She sat down in the zone. So then Peyton Manning with three incomplete passes. Then Elon Musk for 11 yards. Aaron Judge with an amazing catch in between LeBron and Jordan, who were both playing safeties, and he got stopped at the five. But then, Peyton Manning, back to throw. He throws it to Enzone. And the ball is tipped by LeBron and picked off by Michael Jackson. And he is sprinting down the sideline. It looked like he's going to score and end the game. But he gets ran down, of course, by Usain Bolt. And he is stopped at the Amazon 30-yard line. The ball gets reset at 
the GOAT level 25, and now they're on offense. And now we're on offense. So, first play, Baker Mayfield to Michael Jordan, streak down the sideline. The throw beats the cover two safety. Both teams are playing cover two on defense. Aaron Judge. So, Baker fits it right before Aaron Judge can get there, right on the sideline. Now the ball is at the Amazon 45. And Boozy catch an eight-yard pass. And right after that, Baker to LeBron for 27 on a skinny post. But then Baker has three straight incompletions. So on fourth down, fourth and like five, Baker scrambles. He evades Chris Brown. He's chased by Sidney McLaughlin. Then he finds Mayweather wide, wide open. And I mean wide open of the back corner of the end zone. And he drops it. He drops it. So now we are going to overtime. The ball goes back to Team Amazon. Back at their 25-yard. No, they start at the 50. They start at the 50. Yeah. So, Manning. Incomplete to Elon Musk. Then, Baker with a 42-yard deep post pass to LeBron James. And they are at the 8-yard line. Uh, Team Amazon has to start at their own 8-yard line to respond. And Peyton Manning hits Steph Curry on a whip route. Uh, Steph Curry beat Michael Jackson uh, my GOAT level team decides to play man-to-man, but Steph Curry beats Michael Jackson and gets loose. He cut back on Boosie, and then he's running, and he's chased out of bounds by Michael Jordan and Shelly Ann Frazier-Price. Cool. So now GOAT level has to start at their 32, I believe. Yep. So then a screen pass to Shelly Ann Frazier-Price who hits a back juke on Sidney McLaughlin, makes her fall. Then jukes past Elon Musk, he fell. Then she spins past Steph, and she is off to the races. Looks like she's going to score. She runs past Peyton Manning, who cannot catch her whatsoever. But Usain Bolt chases her down easily, picks her up playfully, and takes her out of bounds at the four-yard line. He kind of let her run a little bit, but he wasn't going to let her score. So, third and final chance for Team Manning at the four-yard line. One play. You have to go 44 yards to at least, you know, make things even again. So, Usain Bolt gets jammed up by Jordan, but Peyton Manning throws it 70 yards in the air anyway. And Usain Bolt sprints past Michael Jordan, runs under the ball, catches it, and walks into the end zone for the 96-yard touchdown. And that is the game. Team Amazon beats Team Goat Level somehow. I cannot believe it. But they got it. So you already know that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. But you got to go to GoatLevelTees.com. You already know. But 
I'm out. Peace. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.